welcome to Self-Care Communion, where we talk about all things self-care, daily rituals, and all things that help just increase more self-love and acceptance into your life. So today I'm giving a woo-woo warning. Um, we will be talking about tarot on this episode. So I am a newbie to tarot. I, When I say newbie, I started about a year ago. And um, just a little background on me. I grew up in a house where uh, tarot, astrology, psychics were all seen as the devil's workshop and just stay far away from it because um, you don't want to have that come into your life. And so I did. Um, but, you know, of course, when I was a kid um, or, you know, even as an adult, I would look at my astrology and I would, you know, look at the newspaper and um, look at my horoscopes. But when I turned 40, I just the rebel part of me was like, I wanted to do all the things that I wasn't supposed to do. And so I actually booked on a reading with a professional astrologer. And uh, it was such a profound reading. It was so eye-opening. And it just really sent me on a path that um, has been really cool and exciting. And it's led me to career choices that I never thought I would take. It led me to making more money, more money than I ever thought I would make in my life, which is pretty crazy. Um, and it's just opened my eyes to some cool stuff. So last year in March, when um, everything was shutting down, we had no clue what was going on. It was just pretty scary times. Um, and you guys know from my previous episodes that I was dealing with a family health crisis. Um, I was in a job that I did not like and um, needed to get out of. And I um, was pretty much at my wit's end. So I had been in a mastermind group with a woman named Kathy Heller. It was called Made to Do This. And it was such a great group of people. And Maddie, who you're going to meet, um, was in that group with me. And Maddie shared her story. And I just, something about her story resonated with me. And I decided to reach out to her and get a reading. So that has led me to this episode and to you meeting Maddie. So just wanted to give you that background and I hope you enjoy hearing about this and hearing about different ways how tarot could be a part of your self-care practice if you choose to and um, what it can help you with. So enjoy. Here, um, I would love if you could share uh, just a brief history of um, who you are <laughs> and how you got into tarot. Yeah, sure. I um, I love you. First of all, <laughs> I just wanted to say, uh, who am I? My name is Maddie. I have a uh, a business called the Wildlife Tarot. I do tarot readings and I teach classes and workshops on how to learn how to do tarot for yourself at home, and it's rooted in a lot of self care practice. Um, my, oh, actually, you know, I've never even really thought about my own origin story in this way with tarot. This is so appropriate. Um, so I was gifted, uh, the experience of tarot by a very close friend of mine back in 2015, do you, do you already know this story? Have I ever told you this? I think you, I remember you telling, but it's been about a year, I think, when I asked you the first time. So I would love to hear how this happened. Okay. Um, I was in the world of animal caregiving and rescue. And I actually, 
I'm feeling very honest and vulnerable today. So I will share this, even though I usually don't mention this part. Um, I tried to intentionally be kind of vague about the details around it because of ongoing circumstances with it that make me feel unsafe. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a very bad chapter in my life. It was beautiful in a lot of ways. I was, yeah. I had a very unique job where I lived, where I worked, and it was in the world of sanctuary work and animal rescue. And it became very clear to me early on in that experience that it was an unsafe space for me to be in emotionally mm. and psychologically. And it turned out to be I've gone back and forth about this before, but I think it's accurate to say that it was really the darkest, most depressed and dangerous chapter of my life as far as mental health. I, I eventually got to the point where I had to reach out to a couple of close friends to just hold my own self accountable and say, can you please check in with me in a week? Because if I don't find a way to find a therapist right now, I know that I'll start experiencing suicidal ideations in a really serious way. Wow. And so I kind of was really stuck in this rock bottom chapter and felt very trapped and could not see a way out of it. And one of my close friends during that time started doing tarot readings for me. And she wasn't a professional reader. It was just something that she was starting to get into early on in her practice. And she had found helpful. And as you are familiar with, with your own tarot practice, one card started popping up over and over again. Ooh, uh, the tower. (laughs) Yes. Yes. It was the tower. Sorry. Oh, that's a dreaded card. (laughs) Yeah, it's a very uh, notorious card. I would say that it's one of, like, people who aren't experienced with tarot, who've only heard stereotypes about it or um, things about stigmas and stuff, I would say it's right up there with the death card, where people are never happy to see it if they don't know how to work with it or what it might really be revealing for them in a helpful way. And so that was part of my journey out of that experience in conjunction with actually through some trial and error, finding a really great therapist who was very empathetic and very supportive. And I was able to get out of that situation, even though it's still in some tangible ways affecting my life and bringing up periods of anxiety and stuff. But um, that was how I started my tarot journey. I had a friend who also was just like, this might help you teach me how to, um, well, at first she started doing readings for me. And then I eventually got my own deck and started teaching myself how to work with it in, in that, from that place where it was like, where do I go? What do I do? How do I just even survive right now? And how do I make decisions that are safe and responsible and healthy? How do I get clarity around how to move forward? Because everything feels scary. And I have so much 
anxiety and I have trust issues and I was dealing with housing insecurity and financial insecurity. And it was a really big extended period of instability and fear and tarot helped me have conversations with myself and my own intuition that allowed me to feel really grounded and trust myself again and start taking tangible steps forward to move out of that chapter. I'm so sorry to hear that it was such a tough time, but it's really cool to hear how you got, you know, you did find glimmers of light and hope through your friendships and then also through this practice. So I think that's just so beautiful. Yeah, it's a really neat um, reflection process to go through too, because that um, that period of time still holds so much trauma for me that I usually don't try to think about anything about that period of time if I can avoid it. Um, but in retrospect, it is really neat to see how so many different seeds were planted during that chapter that blossomed into things that have led me to where I am now in really powerful, positive ways and in ways where I can also, you know, use all of those experiences to help other people too. It's pretty crazy how that happens. It's like in the darkest days, you know, um, those things do spark up. And I, I find that in my life too, going back and looking at, you know, when it was really tough, well, gosh, the, but the things that were tough made me who I am today. So I love that. Um, you, you speak, you spoke briefly too about just the animal rescue. And I mean, I, you, sh I've seen your story, you've shared your story and it's so beautiful. And I think too, to not only have a difficult time, but then to also be having that emotional energy of rescuing animals that have been abused, neglected, you know, all those things. So how, how did you balance that out? Ooh, that's such a huge conversation that everyone in this community is always bumping in around in the dark and trying to figure out together. I think there's, um, there's a certain part of that work where one, it tends to attract, this is my own opinion. I'm sure you could look it up and someone would say that it's true somewhere official, but I feel like healers or people who are drawn to energy that's like, if you're into astrology stuff, it's like 12th house energy or 8th house energy, or just like they've had their own experiences with trauma and mm. for better or worse, they are drawn to other spaces of trauma with the intention of being a helper yes. and helping other people heal. And I think oftentimes either caregivers and people in those roles, rescuers are not um, given an environment where there is support built into it to help them address and heal their own compounding trauma, not yes. even just their past and what um, has caused them to be drawn towards that work, but the additional trauma of doing that work, the, the infrastructure for supporting people who do that is just really not there in any meaningful way. Oh, and exactly. so even if 
best case scenario, you're pretty on top of your self-care and you can navigate things well. Um, that missing piece will inevitably lead to burnout at some point. But also, I think a lot of people are drawn to that work unintentionally as a way to try to heal their own trauma or to avoid yes. addressing their own trauma by healing other people. Um, you so I don't, I don't know. I, I would say that I did not balance that work. <laughs> I think there's a huge burnout rate in sanctuary spaces in the farmed animal sanctuary world, especially just because even the ethics that that work is rooted in is isolating itself to belong to that community comes with an inevitable amount of isolation just because the rest of the outside world has not really caught up to the idea that we should really intentionally lessen the harmful impact we have on others. And that specifically farmed animals are included in that group which would be you know um for me I'm really connected to um chicken rescues that's part Mm -hmm. of my origin story as a caregiver and it's kind of where I stayed um but any animals that we routinely use in our society to either eat or use as forms of entertainment or um uses textiles or test on um it's it's a unique experience to see that whole system yes in all of these different physical spaces around you and be aware that other people don't see it through the same lens and it feels really lonely a lot of the time and so finding balance in that world where you are constantly dealing with um animals who are injured or sick or neglected or abused or even just healthy but they require special care because of how they've been bred it's I don't I don't I don't know how to find balance in that experience yet so I think that's how I ended up going down a slightly different road to try to figure things out I feel you. I feel you in a lot of ways because um, my career path is, uh, it's not in rescue animals and um, I'm not comparing it to yours, but in mine, it's about healing. Um, I'm, you know, in special education and I'm working with students who are, you know, uh, blind or visually impaired, orthopedically impaired, or um, sometimes some of my students have severe cognitive issues. And so um, I and I know that I got into it because I know that I had undiagnosed um, learning disabilities when I was a kid in the area of like attention. And that I did, you know, I was always getting in trouble. And so mm. I kind of gone that other route of like, I wanting to help kids. And so I feel you because it is such a lonely place sometimes because not everybody understands what you're doing or there's, you don't realize how and I say this even in teacher world, which I could get in trouble for, but oh. there's so many <laughs> teachers who do not, like I, it blows my mind when they say, I will not give you that accommodation or I will not give that kid an accommodation. And it like blows my mind, you know, again, so different from the, from the farm rescue world, but just that seeing that there's so many people who don't care has it takes its toll on you. 
And when you're just like, I don't understand how you couldn't help somebody who needs help. (laughs) And I'm willing to help you help them, you know? Yeah, that is really relatable. And I love just the part. Well, I don't love that this happened, but I relate to what you said about getting in trouble. Yes. It's so, um, yeah, it's so interesting how our own challenges end up making us feel like we are in trouble just for trying to navigate the world slightly differently because of different, I don't know, the different things that we have to overcome or the different lens through which we see reality or even like directly in my work too you were saying like oh I'm a teacher I could get in trouble for this but there's lots of this universe of rescue work that kind of requires getting into good trouble which is a term we're familiar with now but it still feels scary because it does you can get into real trouble but yeah like sometimes you have to make ethical decisions in a lot of different ways with this kind of rescue work where you are breaking the law to, in order to do it to help others yeah. yeah it's so interesting thank you for sharing that and I again thank you for your vulnerability too because I know that you know this is a podcast we're not sure who's going to listen and then to share something so um so private. So thank you. Thank you. you know, so you talked about this as being a form of self-care for you. So how have you used tarot for self-care? I love this question. I think it's, um, it's been hard for me to really explain clearly or summarize before, but it is the way that I have developed my own practice. I didn't learn tarot by taking classes from other people I just kind of figured it out on my own and through that process I feel like I've come to a point where the things that it's really done to help me is um allow me to have a safe space for self-reflection free of judgment or shame where it's just like you can approach a tarot deck with specific questions in search of clarity, mm-hmm. not necessarily a desired response, but just answers to something. And then the cards you pull have messages and you aren't in control of what cards you pull. That part is left up to intuition, magic, fate, chance, whatever. Yes. So it kind of gives you the space to just sit down with what you're given, whatever cards come up for you and say, okay, I'm choosing to pay attention to these messages and whatever comes up for me is coming up for me for a specific reason. And I'm going to dig into it in this safe space. And to me, it feels like having a conversation with my higher self or with the universe or with my own intuition where it's like, we're going to sit down together and just work through as much as we can figure out today and then take that out into the real world and feel empowered to make good choices. So one thing that I feel is rooted in self-care that I get out of it is a healthy space for self-reflection that's very safe and supportive. Another thing that I get out of it is a sense of self-empowerment where it's like, I can 
learn how to trust myself again. I can trust my own intuition. I can recognize patterns. I can stay open to advice from my own higher self and feel safe to follow through on that, even if I don't know how I'm going Mm -hmm. to exactly navigate the path forward. I know that I will, and I trust that I'm on the right path by getting quiet and having a conversation with myself about this. I think it's, Oh, sorry. And then, no, no, I, yeah. Um, self-liberation is the last thing that is really rooted in my own tarot practice, whereby giving yourself the safe space to have a conversation with yourself about just what's going on and feeling empowered to make your own decisions and have a lot of confidence and clarity around them and trust that you're on the right path and trust yourself again leads to taking decisive action, which is a form of self-liberation. And that's really my own origin story in a nutshell, where it's like, here's the tower. You really need to hear this message. It's coming up over and over and over again. You are in a state of chaos, but you can take control of the parts of it that you can control and go do something with it. And you have everything you need right now to free yourself from this situation. Let's keep having an ongoing conversation about it. Here are some action steps to take. Keep moving forward. There you go. And and then you, you move on. Exactly. It's, I love this conversation because I, this was my journey. You know, again, I had not picked up a deck. I had a friend who randomly did my cards anytime I saw him, but you know, I've never had my own deck. And then this year, you know, I'm going through a very traumatic year, not only personal, but in my work life, um, to the point where I was ready to just blow it up. And I've said it multiple times in the show, but really my journey through tarot, which you've actually helped me with, helped me see things. And it's funny because I call it my tarot temper tantrum because Mm. um, that tear of the tower kept coming up for me when I was just, I needed to leave the work situation I was in and the tower just kept coming up and coming up and coming up. And I have to tell you for the audience, if you've never touched a car, um, a deck before, it's really crazy how um, magical it is because I have not received the tower since. Now I'm yeah. going to knock on wood, I'm gonna <laughs> knock on wood right now because I'm, you know, I'm happy to say that I left that job and it was through this practice of self-reflection and really looking at my own BS and saying, all right, it's time to make changes. You are in control of your own life. You can make the changes. Life doesn't happen to you. You make life happen. And I, I don't, you know, I don't know if I would have come to that decision so fast if it wasn't for the tarot practice I started. So thank you. And it's really cool too, because um, Maddie, um, the way I got started in this was Maddie had done a year ahead spread with me and a year ahead spread for those that know, um, that don't know, it's when you just pull a card for every month of the Zodiac season and you just look at it that month and really digest like, okay, well, how can this help me during this month? How could I use this tool? And it was such a phenomenal tool during a global pandemic to stay focused and just feel hopeful. And 
it's weird. I never thought I would go to the tarot to help me feel hopeful, but it's really worked. So I love what you just said too. Thank you so much for sharing that. Thank you. Um, okay. So questions for any, do you have any recommendations for anyone um, just getting started in this process? Do you have any recommendations for them? Yes, I do. <laughs> Don't feel scared. Yes. Um, if you feel interested in it or curious about it or called to it at all, find a deck that's imagery you really like and they're you're just attracted to it you like the energy in the deck and just start using it um I would caution people to avoid leaning into stereotypes about a tarot practice Mm -hmm. um there's a lot out there about how it's a tool for fortune telling and it's going to tell you your future and all of that stuff. And that's how some people have chosen to use it. I don't Hmm. find that that's effective or helpful at all. And I think it's super counterproductive because if you're pulling cards, wanting them to tell you your future you are literally taking yourself out of a place of self-empowerment and then whatever cards come up for you you're coming up against accepting that as your chosen path forward if you know whether you like those cards or not like you're putting yourself in a really hard position by trying to use it as a tool to literally tell you what's going to happen yes so we're right what I would suggest is um, one of the most basic, immediate lessons I teach when I teach tarot is the more clarity you have coming into a reading, the more clarity you're going to get out of it. So ask yourself before you pull any cards, what is really weighing on my heart and mind right now? What do I really actually need to figure out? Is it Is there a decision that I'm facing and I really don't know? And ask open-ended questions instead of things that are like yes or no questions. And see phrasing questions like what do I need to know about fill in the blank gives you a Mm -hmm. lot of freedom and space to intuitively interpret your cards in a way that's going to empower you and help you move forward with a lot of agency. So there's a lot of places where you can also look up what every card means. So there are 78 cards in a tarot deck and every single one has its own basic universal description that more or less most tarot practitioners agree upon depending on what specific deck you're using. And if you buy a modern deck, it's probably going to come with like some kind of little guidebook that's going to give you a couple keywords or bullet points at the very least, about what that card represents. But you might not always resonate with that. So I Mm -hmm. also advise people to just look at the card in response to the question that they ask and pay attention to whatever thoughts or feelings or messages just intuitively pop up for you and jot all of those things down in a journal and keep track of all of them because you'll start seeing similar patterns or similar cards come up based on what you're chatting with your deck about. And 
Then if you still feel like you need some more details, some more clarity, some more direction, after you write down all of your intuitive notes, then go dig into some guidebooks or Google it and see what other people have to say. But their interpretation of your reading is not more relevant or more accurate than your own interpretation of your cards in that moment and whatever is coming up for you. So true. One of my favorite things that you've taught us is just before even diving into the book, before diving into any of the the meanings, just sit with them and journal. And I love that practice. And that has been something that's really stuck with me because I've gotten such intuitive hits by just looking at the card. And um, it's been really, that's been one of my favorite tools. Yeah, because you're diving deep. You're going in within yourself to figure things out because we normally have the answers. It's just we've ignored our guts. We've ignored our bodies for way too long. Um, And it's like it's really about tuning, fine tuning that. Yes. And I I will say it is a frustrating um, way to start learning tarot for a lot of people because they don't trust themselves. But the point of tarot is also to learn how to trust your own intuition. So avoid the temptation to go digging around for concrete answers from other people first, because if you root your tarot practice in paying attention to your own intuitive hits, then you avoid later on in your practice having to learn how to be more expansive and open-minded about what cards can mean later on down the road if you've already convinced yourself like this card always means this thing but Mm -hmm. it doesn't seem relevant to the readings that you're doing for yourself and other people so let yourself go through that growth spurt early on because it's easier than reteaching yourself how to pay attention to your intuition later Oh, yeah. I mean, it's better to yeah learn it instead of having to break a bad habit. Yes. Um, so I know that in the deck, there are no good cards. There are no bad cards. There's just messages. And so you've heard us talk about the tarot and, and you know, that thing. But I'd like to know what your favorite card is. You have a favorite card of the deck. Yeah. You warned me about, well, I, I consider it a warning <laughs> about this question before you started recording at the beginning of the call and um it's it's kind of an unfair question in a lot of ways it's like sorry your favorite child kind of I know I'm so sorry I've done this to you because I don't even know if I can answer the question but I do love hearing people I mean I do have some great cards but I just was curious if there's and if there's multiple just the ones that when you get it it just brings a smile to your face Ooh. okay so I, I don't, I hesitate to say that I have a favorite because of that energy around it where I kind of don't want to have a favorite, but I feel like because of my own history, I really do love the tower. I love it. That's like, you're coming to terms. You're coming full circle. Yeah. And I don't always smile when I see it. This is also something that I really want to share about tarot. I have some questions sometimes when people wonder if, tarot is the same as an oracle deck or an angel deck or an affirmations deck or any of those other tools that are out there. And I don't work with those a lot, so I could be wrong about this. But the thing that I think separates tarot from those and the reason why I love it so much is because of cards like the tower, where I don't know if you're going to find 
in an affirmation deck, if you're going to come to it with what's really weighing on your heart and mind and be given some tough love in response, if you really need to hear it, I think it's kind of like part of that class of high vibes only resources. And tarot has a very wide range of energy represented, kind of all of them. So if you really come to tarot in a dark chapter where you need to really be given some tough love and told the truth, and if you're being vulnerable and brave enough to ask hard questions and you're open to receiving honest responses, then you'll come up with cards like the tower and they're not there to make you feel happy and they're not there to baby you. They're there to serve as a form of self-reflection and you will know what it means when you pay attention to your intuition around the symbolism on your cards and so for me that's why I love the tower card and why it's the most powerful card for me in the deck when I see it because it represents a period of necessary deconstruction where it's like there might be chaos happening to you or around you and maybe in a way that you cannot control Mm -hmm. entirely and perhaps part of the reason why is because it is preparing you for a state of rebirth where you're not going through this for nothing like you're kind of raising the ground so that you can be reborn or rise back up in a way where you would not be able to do so without a total breakdown right now. That's what the history of the tower in my own practice has meant to me. I, I really, that resonates with me because I'm a Scorpio five times. So I am one who goes, I go deep, you know, like, and I, I love that perspective because, you know, in looking back at when the tower came up, um, you know, I, I know that good things are coming is what actually that tells me. It tells me that I may be in the thick of it and it may be hot, but I like good stuff is coming soon. And um, as long as I stay the course and really, you know, do the work within myself. So I I like that perspective. I I did not expect you to say that card, (laughs) but I totally, totally understand where you're coming from. So I love it. I love it. That's so cool. Thank you, Maddie, so much for sharing your wisdom with us. Um, before we go, I'd love for everyone to know how to get a hold of you, um, where, you know, all the places that you're at and, um, anything that you're offering that's coming up for you. Yes. <laughs> okay. So, um, across the board, it's all pretty much the same. My business is called a wild life tarot. So you can find my website at a wildlifetarot.com. And that's got, you know, a whole menu of tarot readings that I offer and a shop where you can buy things and upcoming events. There's a new blog on there now. Um, on Instagram, at a wildlife tarot with periods between all of those words. And I'm about to launch a new Patreon page in a couple weeks um, that'll serve as my membership platform where you can sign up for a lot of cool new stuff there. And that'll be probably what patreon.com backslash wildlife tarot. That should be very cool. (laughs) Very cool. Those are the main places. 
And I'll put those all in the show notes. So if anybody is interested, go check her out. Because one of the things I love about Maddie is the people she attracts. And she just attracts a really cool group of people who are interested in going deep and learning and changing things. And I just that I vibe with that. So thank you, Maddie, for all you do. Thank you so much. Um, I don't know when you're airing this episode, but I'm having a week long Patreon launch party um, it starts on March 15th. There's a pop-up private Facebook group that's going to serve as the space for that. And you can uh, be invited to it and buy a ticket for it through uh, signing up for my newsletter on my website. And um, the top tier of my Patreon launching is going to be a membership specifically for entrepreneurs, people starting new creative projects, side hustles, or small businesses who want to use tarot as a tool in their business and to um, help them be more rooted in self-care and self-development. And I'm really, really excited about it. So you can get more information about that uh, during this launch party that's happening. I love it. This will be out this week, which is um, for all those listening, this is the week of March 1st. So yes, we will get that out and we will start pumping that up because I know you made a difference in my life and in my trajectory, in my career trajectory. So I know that you can definitely be there to help others. So thank you, Maddie. So grateful to have you on. Thank you so much, Stacey. I love you. (laughs) I love you too, my friend. This is awesome. Thanks, Maddie. (laughs) Bye. Bye. If you are intrigued by tarot and your self-care practice, I highly recommend you reach out to Maddie at A Wildlife Tarot. She is such a great teacher and so intuitive. I love what Maddie says about getting started in tarot and using it in self-care. One, don't feel scared. Two, find a deck with imagery that resonates with you. Three, don't believe the stereotypes. Tarot isn't about fortune telling. It's about self-reflection. Tarot is a tool for self-empowerment. Four, be very clear about what questions you bring to the cards. You will be surprised by the answers you will get. And five, trust your gut. Trust that intuition. It's there to lead us down the right path. I can't let this episode go without sharing an Oprah quote. I've said an Oprah quote on every episode so far, and this one is no different. Today's quote pairs nicely with the conversation I had with Maddie. Nobody's journey is seamless or smooth. We all stumble. We all have setbacks. It's just life's way of saying time to change course. Thank you, Oprah. So if you like this episode, please share it with a friend. Please leave us a review. We'd love that. If you'd love to get a hold of me, you can reach me at www.selfcarecommune.com. Dot com or at self-care commune on Instagram or our private Facebook group, self-care commune. And remember, be kind, help others, and be open to the adventures that life brings your way. Have fun and please read the show notes to get a hold of Maddie and we'll see you later. Enjoy. Mm-hmm.